And as many of you know, we are going through a year-long series called The Red Letter Living. We're going through the words of Christ, and we are taking them scripture by scripture. We're looking at the powerful words that Christ gave us in the New Testament, the red letter living. So if you have your Bibles, I'm going to go ahead and have you turn. We're going to turn to two scriptures today. That's it. I'm going to take it really easy on you today. We're going to go to Samuel. That's in the Old Testament. That's far left. Start at Genesis and hang a right. And after a few hundred pages, you will find... First Samuel, and then in a few minutes we're going to go to a New Testament scripture, uh, Luke, Luke chapter 5. So we're going to go to two verses of scripture, and we're going to have uh, the scriptures on the big screen, and we're going to have a wonderful time. We've been talking for the past couple of weeks about why people don't follow Jesus. I mean, we all know the command that Jesus gave us. Come follow me, and I'm going to make you fishers of men. Come follow me, and I will make you into something great. Come follow me, and I'm going to do something incredible in your life. And as good as that promise is, John, some people don't follow. Why don't we follow when he says, come follow me? Well, a couple weeks ago, we looked at one of the reasons is we like to be in charge. We like to call our shots. We've arrived We've got enough zeros in our bank account that we can just kind of live life on our own, and we got a couple letters after our name, and so we have the intellect and the skill. We don't need to be led by anybody. I want to lead. I'm a type A personality, and I can do this on my own. That's why people don't follow. Last week, we looked at one of the reasons people don't follow is they're living in the past. How many of you know somebody who's living in the past? And they can't go forward because they're living life looking at the rearview mirror. Remember, we looked at Lot's wife. She was leaving Sodom and Gomorrah, and the Bible says that she looked back, and she became a statue. When you spend time living in the past, you become stationary and ineffective, and you can't follow the way God wants you to follow. Can I get an amen? So today we're going to look at the third reason why people don't follow Jesus. And the third reason is because we like our comfort zone, what I call our usual place. And I am so glad today that I've got a lazy boy chair. There's just something really nice about a lazy boy. It's my comfort zone. You know what they say about lazy boys? They're easy to get into and they're hard to get out of. And I'm going to have a hard time getting out of this chair today. We're going to look at a story here in in Samuel. And and, uh, go ahead and go there just for a moment. It's It's a popular story about an, an old priest by the name of Le, Levi, uh, I'm sorry, Eli, E-L-I, Eli. And he was set in his ways. He had his lazy boy. He had arrived and didn't want to really move too much. And the Bible says that he was getting old in age, he couldn't see, and he was found 
laying down in his usual place. Look at that scripture in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 10. It says, the boy of the Lord, Samuel, ministered under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare, and there were not many visions. Now, that's not a good thing. If you're a priest, and the description about you is that the word of the Lord was rare, and there was not many visions, that's not good. If you're a businessman, you wouldn't buy stock in that company. If a priest was lying down in his usual place and the word of the Lord was rare and there were not many visions. It gets even worse. The Bible says that he couldn't see. And then go to the next verse and look at this phrase that's very interesting. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. It wasn't that God wasn't speaking. It wasn't that there wasn't no more vision. The issue was Eli didn't want to get out of his comfort zone. He was in a box, and he fell, and he couldn't get up. And I'm afraid that a lot of us are just like Eli. We have our comfort zone. We have our usual place. And when God or the pastor asks us to do something that's out of the ordinary, it gets real uncomfortable, and our tendency is to sit in our usual place. As a church, we're getting ready to do something that's unusual. It's called the Red Letter Challenge. We're getting ready, starting this Wednesday, to start a 40-day campaign for Lent. I've asked you to get the book. I've asked you to go with me on a journey as we go through the Red Letter Challenge and become more like Christ. I've asked you to not be just a believer, but, but to be a disciple and to do something a little bit radical and crazy. Pastors also ask you to do something really crazy. For the next 40 days, I'm challenging you to take communion every single day for 40 days. And some of you don't like it. Because it's out of the ordinary. It's getting you out of your comfort zone. It's getting you out of your lazy chair and it's requiring you to do something that you've never done before. And I'm afraid that we are all like Eli. We're found laying down in our usual place. Now, I feel a little bit hypocritical here today because I am famous in my family for having a usual place. In fact, I've got four usual places at my house and here at the office, and I've even going to humble myself and show you a couple pictures of my usual places. Mel, go ahead. This is my chair number one. This is my usual place. You don't sit in this chair when you come to my house. That was a chair by my fireplace. This is a chair in my office, and I want you to notice that I strategically opened up a Bible, and I'm showing you that when I'm in this chair, I'm reading my Bible. I've got a chair out on the patio. 
that I meditate and pray and sit in that chair and nobody sits in that chair. And then this chair here today, actually, is a chair out of my office. It's my office chair. This is the chair where I pray, study, write sermons. So I feel a little bit hypocritical today because I've got four usual places to go to. And I think, I think you do too. And I'm not mad at anybody here today. I'm not judging anybody here today. I'm just challenging us today as a church not to become like Eli and get comfortable in our usual place. Let me read this quote to you. It's by a, 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 a great author. He says this. Is Benjamin Mays is his name. It says, the tragedy of life is often not in our failure, but rather in our complacency. Not in doing too much, but rather in our doing too little. Not in our living above our ability, but rather in our living below our capacities. I think Benjamin Mays was talking about me. I think Benjamin Mays was talking about you. I think Benjamin Mays was talking about Eli. And Samuel was a young man who was hungry. He wanted to hear God. And Eli was just content to sit in his usual place. What does usual place look like for you? Well, number one, they're safe and secure. It's always predictable and certain. It's comfortable and cozy. It preserves and it safeguards, and it always promises peace and rest. That's what usual places look like. Well, what is the nature? What is the personality? What is the style of usual places? Well, number one, avoid risks at all costs. You're hesitant to new opportunities. You become fearful of the unfamiliar. You become distrustful of change and innovation, and you thrive in comfort and safety. Can I get an amen? Well, what do, what do usual places say to us? What do they speak to us? Well, the first thing they say, stay put. Settle in. Status quo is good. Exposure is bad. Uncertainty will hurt you. Predictability is power. And usual places say this to us, you've never done this before. And I don't know about you, but in a society that loves comfort, I'm glad that God is always a God who's going to challenge our comfort level. He's going to require us to to, to, to get out of our usual place, to get out of the lazy boy, to do something we've never done before, to take communion for 40 days straight, to read a devotional together and pray together, know that we are on a mission, not just to be a believer, we're on a mission to be disciples. And I believe God is challenging all of us to move to that level and not settle in. I know we're Methodists, and we have our methods. But God is challenging us to get out of our comfort zone and do something we've never done before and open our ears so that God can speak to us and challenge us to be people that he wants us to be. Can I get an amen? So let's go real quickly to New Testament scripture and story. 
If you notice, I always like to go to the Old Testament and I like to go to the New Testament because I think what God says in the New Testament, he says in the Old Testament. And what he says in the Old Testament, he says in the New Testament. So I want to take you to Luke chapter 5 and I'm going to show you just a, a verse of scripture that is really, really interesting. It's called launching out into the deep. Powerful verse of scripture. The Bible says that Jesus was teaching around the cities and the synagogues and he finally came to a lake a body of water, and he found his disciples on the seashore, and they were, they were washing their nets. That's a nice way of saying they got shut out, and they didn't have any fish. Now, if you're a fisherman, you know there's nothing more disappointing than dressing up in camouflage pants and shirt, putting on a fishing hat, spending a couple hundred dollars on a new fishing pole and lures, spending eight hours on the water, and you come home and you got to tell your wife, we got shut out. No fish. These fishermen were like that. They were on the, they were on the, the, the banks of the lake, and they were washing their nets. They were, they were, they were unfulfilled. Their nets were empty in their boat was empty. Jesus said something really, really interesting to these guys. He said, gentlemen, I want you to, I want you to launch out. You're in the shallow right now. You're in the predictable right now. You're in your comfort zone right now. But I want you to do something that you've never done before. I want you to launch out in the deep. And if you'll do this, I'm going to show you something. I'm going to fill your boats with fish if you will simply obey me and move from the shallow, move from your usual place, and launch out into the deep. And the disciples had an incredible response. I've read this a million times, but I've never seen this. And it's found about halfway during the, uh, during the story. It says, and si and Simon answered, Master, we've, heard, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. And here's the phrase. But because you say so, I will. Seven words. Powerful. Because you say so, I will. And when I read that, I thought, man, that is an incredible statement. The, the, the fishermen were saying to Jesus, because you say so, I will. And I started to look at that, and I started to daydream just a little bit in my comfort zone, my usual place of chair that I was sitting in. And I thought, man, that's a great acronym. But because you say so, I will. B-B-Y- S-S-I-W. It's got a great ring to it. Think about it. B-B-Y-S-S-I-W. And I started to daydream just a little bit. And I started to think to myself, this is kind of like WWJD. This has got some potential here. I've never read this before. And you guys remember the WWJB? I mean, you had your T-shirts. You had your... Underwear, I mean, you had socks, you had, you, had, you had bracelets, you had coffee mugs, WWJD. And I started to think just for a few moments, we're on to something. B-B-Y-S-S-I-W. But because you said so, I will. And I like that. And I started to run with that. 
And I'm delighted to tell you today, church doesn't know this, the leadership team doesn't know this, this is a brand new announcement. We are launching a brand new campaign in this As I readjust my microphone. There you go. I'm delighted to tell you today that we're launching a brand new campaign. This is going to go somewhere. This is going to be big time. You thought WWJD was good. This is going to take off, and these T-shirts are going to be available in the lobby today. BB, YSS, IW. We've got more than just T-shirts. I've got a, a brand new book that's coming out in the next few weeks, BB. We got coffee mugs. We've got hats and wrist bracelets. I like that phrase. But because you say so, I will. That's the kind of attitude that, that, that I want to have. I don't want to be like Eli. I don't want to be like the people that are content sitting in the shallow. I want to be the people that are going to launch out in the deep and do something that I've never done before. I want to be a B-B-Y-S-S-I-W person that simply obeys because God said so. Now, I don't know about you, but as a parent, I've used that phrase a million times. How many parents and grandparents are here today? How many would lift your hand and, and, and humble yourself and agree that you said that to your kids and your grandkids because I said so? And how ironic. We have used that phrase a million times, and now when the table's turned, you don't like it. I love this scripture because there's no debate. There's no committee. There's no negotiation. Simple fishermen who are frustrated because they have no fish simply respond to the words of Christ simply because he said so. And in just a few moments, you're going to have a decision to make. You're going to want to run out of here and, 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 and not get the 30-day, 40-day red letter challenge book. You're going to run out of here and, and, and come up with all the reasons why you want to stay in your usual place. Come up with all the excuses of why it's so nice to, to frolic in the shallow water and not launch out into the deep. Or you can make a decision today. That you're going to make a step to become not just a believer, a disciple, and you're going to follow Christ. And you do it just because God says so. He's asking us to take communion for 40 days. And I know some of you are like flipping out over that. 40 days? you got to be kidding me. We only do it once a month around here. Well, guess what? We're getting out of our comfort zone. We're getting out of our easy chair. We made it really easy for you to get a book. If you can't afford the book, we'll give it to you. 
People have already given hundreds and hundreds of dollars more so that you could have a book. There's no excuse. Well, Pastor Scott, I don't have crackers. Oh, guess what? We got crackers for you. We've got cups for you. We've got juice for you. And we got a manual to tell you exactly how to pray. And we do it just because he said so. You remember when Jesus was talking to his disciples, he says, we're going to take communion, and I want you to do this to remember me. I don't know about you, but I think God deserves us to remember him more than just once a month. So every day, I think this is cool. Every day, I love this. All over Orlando and Belle Isle, people are going to be praying together and taking communion together and reading together and praying to become more like Christ. Why do we do it? Just because he said so. And you're not doing it because I'm saying so. We're doing it because Jesus is commanding us. Belle Isle, don't become content. Don't become apathetic. Don't become like Eli. Don't lay down in your usual place. Do something you've never done before. Launch out into the deep, and we do it just because he said so. I'm going to be praying for you this week. I'm going to be praying for you in the next few days. Starting this Wednesday, that you're going to, you're going to take the challenge. It may not make sense. It may make you feel uncomfortable. It may be something you've never done before. But I want to be part of a church that is taking risks. It's doing something we've never done before. We're going to do things just because he said so. No arguing. No debating. No coming up with a bunch of excuses. Just like you used to tell your kids, do it because I said so. Can I get an amen? Bruce, if you go to the keyboard, we're going to have just a little bit more fun with this. Because this, this thing is really, this thing is really taken off. B-B-Y-S-S-I-W. I took a risk this week, and I bought the domain name for this. It cost me a penny. It's, which tells you that there's not a lot of people that see value in this except me. Seriously, if you go to bbyssiw.com, it will link to our website. I just thought I'd have fun with that. I got a GoDaddy account that cost me a penny. I know this is Super Bowl Sunday, but I'm delighted to tell you that we're not the only ones that are catching on to this bbyssiw thing. When you watch the Super Bowl tonight, guys, go ahead and show that first picture. Uh, the blimp is going to be uh, <laughs> Allegiant Stadium is going to be, and the blimp. I don't know how we did this. It's going to be promoting our brand new website, BBYSSIW. Not only is the blimp going to be promoting this brand new campaign, but Go ahead, guys, go to the next one. This is really exciting. Patrick and Mahomes. Kelsey. 
Taylor Swift. It's amazing. It's really taking off. That's her. She's in Tokyo right now, and she's actually one of our sponsors and influencers for this. I'm really delighted with that. Usher is going to be doing the, uh, the halftime, and he's going to be promoting this as well. And um, guys, go ahead and stand up before I do this one. Stand up across the auditorium. I I'm really excited about this, these next two. This took a lot of work for me to pull this up, but I am delighted to tell you that our two presidential candidates, <laughs> Donald Trump and President Biden, are on board. You've got no excuse. Taylor Swift is involved. Usher's involved. President Trump and President Biden, the blimp. You got no reason not to get involved. No reason not to do it. I want you to be like little children today. And I want you to get out of your usual place. Get out of the shallow water and venture out just because he said so. And I pray that our eyes will be opened. I pray that God will speak to us in a powerful way as together we join this journey. I said it before, I'll say it again. If you don't have $10 to buy a book, we'll give you a book. We'll give you all the elements. I want you to join me on this trip for the next 40 days. And I believe that on Easter Sunday, we're going to have an incredible testimonies of what God has done. What happens when empty fishermen launch out into the deep, God will always fill our boats. And we do it just because he said so. Would you bow your hearts with me and let's pray together. Father, God, I want to I wanna be like those fishermen. I, I'm tired of debating and compromising, talking about it and wishing one day I will. All of us, God, are guilty of our, our, our usual place, our comfort zone, our box that we put you in when we're unwilling to, to move and be agile and be flexible and simply do it because you say so. God, I pray you'll help us not to be childish. I, help, I pray you'll help us to be childlike and follow you and do things we don't like to do or want to do, but we do it just because you said so. I pray that you'll help us and speak to us, open our eyes, help us to see things we've never seen before on this 40-day journey as we become more like Christ. We need your grace. We need your mercy. God, we're going to fail. We're going to mess up. We're going to forget. We're going to try to avoid it, but I just pray by your grace that you would help us to follow you so you will make us to be fishers of men. We pray this all in the wonderful name of Jesus, and we're grateful for it. In Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. As you leave today, there's going to be volunteers and staff. There's going to be books. There's going to be all the elements. Make yourself available to all of them, and we'll see you next Sunday, and we will begin our journey on land. God bless you guys. Have a great day. Go and sin no more. We'll see you.